Wall of sound up against the wall with Brownie. We are doing it from Unify 2018. Over the course of this podcast, we are going to get you up close and personal with some of your favourite artists, including Architects, Tonight Alive, Four Years Strong, Behind Crimson Eyes, Make Them Suffer, The Amity Affliction, and so much more. Make sure you stick around and check out all the action at wallofsoundau.com or Wall of Sound AU across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's officially kick it off with the first headliner of day number one. This is Parkway Drive and Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Hey, this is Josh and Liam from Behind Crimson Eyes. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. You better Sound up against the wall live right now from Unify. I say live, it's actually been a couple of days by the time this gets online, but I'm joined by the legends from Behind Crimson Eyes. How are you guys? Fantastic. You know, strangers to the uh, festival scene, obviously playing Big Day out in the past. Uh, how does Unify shape up in comparison? I think it's cool because there's just one stage, so it means that everybody's hanging out for the one stage. The, the one, mirror, yeah. yeah, exactly. So a lot of those festivals in the past, you'd be uh, in between bands and trying to 
you know, navigate your way around and timetables and all that. But I think that's very cool. And yourself as uh, music fans, Lee, obviously you've played in quite a few bands, you've been to quite a few gigs as well. How are you finding it being uh, uh, an artist as opposed to a punter this time around? Oh man, I'm like wrapped. Like yeah. it's just so surreal. Like you kind of get like the experience when you're out the front and when you're mates with the other bands because they're all out and you're kind of like, oh yeah, I wish I could be back there. But just being able to get involved in the environment like comfortably this time, yeah, it's just such a different experience. Like you can just relax more and you just you take it all in, whereas you don't just get these little quick bits to be back there. It's kind of like, this is cool. And how are you finding it so far? Have you had p- many people stop you guys? Because obviously the big news with Behind Crimson Eyes is the fact you're back. You're making music again after so long. So is it like, oh my God, I saw you guys 10 years ago and like I have a kid now who loves you, essentially. <laughs> um, well, we played last, uh, last night or whenever this goes to air, but we played a show... Um, at Next and one of the guys came up to us afterwards and he said yeah you were my first show that I went to without my parents and I was only a little tacker and yeah it's pretty crazy because it has been maybe 13 or 14 years of being a band but we had five years off and now you know we're doing some shows and releasing some music and what's it like getting back into it again after so long uh lee yourself you've just joined the band recently was it an easy transition did the guys give you a whole bunch of shit for you know being a fan back in the day and now playing in the band that you loved and idolized well no like i I definitely put my effort in to try and sort of not really prove my worth but it's just being um how could i say just actually and I'll go back to we used to play with you guys a lot like back in the day and that's kind of like you become mates just with the other bands and it was kind of like an easy transition sort of like I don't know it just happened really naturally being a friend already I was kind of able to put shit back on them just like no you're doing this wrong you're doing this wrong (laughs) so yeah no it was pretty good and learning old songs again is that always an issue or something that you're worried about when you go to get on stage and you're like fuck I don't know the lyrics to this song uh well I me personally I spent probably six months in a rehearsal room every weekend just by myself in karaoke mode so I'd have the tracks uh, just laid out and I would have them on and karaoke it and so now they're pretty well ingrained but it did take yeah sort of six months of just slogging it out yeah. trying to get the voice back in, in shape so and here you are now we've got two singles out so far um, obviously everyone wants to know when's the album coming out is there something in the works what can you tell us to me it won't be so much an album I think we just needed to kind of get out these singles and then so we know what is perceived well what Behind Crimson Eyes sounds like now yeah. and then from there I think what we'll do is we'll just keep working on that sound making sure we're locking in everyone knows what to expect and um, I think it'll be just singles and singles and singles yeah. at least for the next you know few months and then we'll talk about an album after yeah I think maybe that's the way to release music these days um I mean, I've been out of the music scene for a little while, but it yeah. seems like people's attention span, having something yes. fresh every month. Yeah. People put together their favorite Spotify playlist, not necessarily a whole album Correct. these days. Yeah. So, so it's just an idea of like maybe every couple of months we put out a new song and, and keep it rolling that way. So essentially it's a way for you guys to stay fresh, stay in people's minds because you're always constantly doing new material and not putting out an album which you know people might listen to three or four of their favourite songs and not the rest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, doing an album is a massive process. It's sort of a you know, six months to a year um, ordeal and by the time it comes out, it, it might not be reflective of who you are as a person yeah, anymore. Okay, yep, yep. So this way you're kind of developing stuff as you go and, and it's always a reflection of who you are pretty instantly so from what we uh saw with the very first single you guys put out uh stardust you also put out the message saying that you've got a purpose now as a band what essentially is that purpose moving forward yeah so one of the reasons um we decided to come back was to 
try and inspire people to make a difference in the world and a, a positive impact in the world. So it wasn't just to come back and play music. We wanted to come back with a bit more of a purpose. So whatever platform we have, we didn't know what to expect coming back. If we'd have 10 people that liked us or yeah. a thousand, uh, we weren't sure, but we thought any way we can spread a message of positivity is a good thing. So now with every song, we're trying to um, engage with the academic community and also um, philosophers and other notable podcasters to try and help um, you know, spread that message a little yep. bit more from people who actually deal with that every day. Well, we look forward to see what you guys come up with. The new single, which is out right now, Say Bad Things, is this because Liam always does stupid shit and you can't say bad things about him around uh, people like us who will report on it? That's exactly that. <laughs> he, he, you can't hate on Liam. He, no, he's a li- you, you literally cannot. I mean, I want to get to you in a second and talk about what you need to do to you know, expand who you are, but in the band, he's such a larrikin online and to his online followers and community. Is he just like that in the rehearsal studios on stage or is he fully focused and a completely different person? No, that's that's what you see. What you see on Instagram is that every <laughs> second of the day. I fully thought you were going to be like, nah, he's a hard worker. He's really serious. Nah. Behind Crimson Eyes are doing massive things. It has been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys at Unify. All the best with the future. And, mate, we're looking forward to see what you guys do. Cheers. Thank you very much.
it's Jack and James from Voidivision. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. Unified 2018, Void of Vision are here, guys. How are we? Lit. Doing well. Lit fam? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I'm 30 years old. I'm trying to appeal to a much younger audience <laughs> and failing hard. Uh, can we first of all talk about the fact that 2017 was a bullshit fucking amazing year for you guys? Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Did you expect everything that happened last year to finally ri- round things up and put you guys out there as a force to be reckoned with? At the start of the year, I don't think I could have called anything that we did. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen. Just everything just popped up like it did and took us by surprise. And I'm so glad we did all of it, though. It was a good way to get, yeah, to just 
pop in and like show everyone we're here, I guess. And let's talk about some of the big events that happened last year. Obviously, getting the body count tour was fucking phenomenal. Well <laughs> done on that. Uh, you also uh, did Invasion Fest. Uh, you opened for D's Nuts too. You scored a spot on the Spawn Again tribute album for Silverchair and killed, in a good way, Israel's son. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to wrap things up, you surprise released your Disturbia EP. Were you worried when putting that out that there wouldn't be enough hype behind it and people would go, oh, I didn't notice it or I haven't come across it yet? Yes and no for me. Like, I remember uh, we, oh no, I went to Bang and did a DJ set and I ran into a few people like, oh, that new song you put out's really cool. And I was like, yeah, they're like, oh, when's the EP coming out? I was like, about, about two weeks ago, man. But like, I don't know, that's just how it is. But like, I don't know, in general, it's been like really good. Yeah. Like, like we still, like we're still getting like all right numbers on everything else. But obviously, because we put out a music video for one and not all four, yeah. like that's the one that people know. But it's it's been really good. Like, heard nothing but good things. Yeah, so, I've, I've been stoked yeah. with what everyone said and what everyone thinks. So yeah, I, I feel like we're also a lot happier with it it's just felt so comfortable putting out yeah. that EP like album we were a bit like not sure how we were going to feel I'm not sure how it was going to go and everything but the EP we were just like this is us this is where we feel most comfortable and yeah. yeah essentially this is what you do you, you've, you've established yourself with the album which was to put a feeler out there you put the EP out the reception from what we saw was just fucking phenomenal it was so good now let's talk about the fact that you're fucking off overseas very soon with uh, Miss May Wednesday once again holy shit well fucking done it, correct me if I'm wrong your first overseas trip second, second. we went over uh, February the year just gone so like a year ago yeah so I think it's pretty much yeah just about a year later and yeah yeah, heading back for round two so it's sick now when you go overseas is it that daunting experience of playing shows for the very first time where you're like oh maybe two or three people will walk in the door or are international audiences keen to come in and check out new talent that's the one it's ridiculous it's so different to hear like just everyone rocks up early the involvement like it's crazy like everyone just rocks up and wants to get into it like there's no awkward like shoulders or anything yeah, like yeah. it's literally just everyone's getting into it and that took us by so much surprise and we were so stoked like we can't wait to go back maybe that's something we need to implement here because there's I guess you could say it's such a stigma when it comes to uh, international acts who are opening for bands a lot of people come in and do that arms cross kind yeah, of thing and don't it. really get into it we need to change that as a collective and you know support bands even if they're small because they turn up to be as big as Void of Vision later on do you, like people just I don't know build them up while they're young and like show them what it's like and like I don't know it's sick like every band on here gets such a sick crowd like I don't know sometimes yeah those big international supports and being the first on it gets a bit rough here but like yeah as you said it's like a stigma attached I don't know but I guess it'll come with time and like yeah I don't know but Europe is just crazy we were so like humbled I mean like being the first band on and getting the reception we were every night I think there was like one average show out of 30 and the rest were just like blown away so it's good for festivals like these though people who wouldn't normally go to a local show like they might see like say Dregger on at 10.40 in the morning and there was like a fair few people and then as they went on there was just heaps and heaps and then maybe like say a bunch of them like it and come to one of their shows and turn up early and then you just keep doing that and once people realise oh like the people on early like are still good bands it's sort of like just breaking the ice really this is my first Unify Festival and the thing I've discovered about it is the bands that are on early aren't necessarily like upcoming or unheard of bands like Polaris for example played early yesterday pulled one of the biggest fucking crowds I've ever seen legit it's so sick but like yeah I just love how the lineups. Yeah, the lineups are changing on this like in, in a really good way. Like, I feel like there's a lot more local, not necessarily local, but a lot more younger bands getting yeah. the chances to do this awesome stuff. And it, 
like James said, it just puts them out into this new world where people start coming to their own shows and everything. And yeah. it's, yeah, Unify is awesome and it's only going to get bigger and better. And yeah. Because you think back to a couple of years' time ago, uh, Soundwave, Big Day Out, were one of the biggest festivals in the world. And a lot of bands, you know, grow up and think, man, I'd love to play a festival or I'd love to play Horton Pavilion, something like that. You come to Unify being a relatively new band, you get to play on these stages and experience what it's like to be one of those big bands. Yeah, I don't know. That it's- was us, uh, not last year, the year before. Just like we we rocked up before the arena was open and we got on the stage and we were like, this is fucking, this is big. And then just saw like the sheer like distance. We we're like, holy crap. <laughs> it's, it's like dreams come true shit. It's, yeah. It's real cool. All right, well, talking about dreams come true, a couple of years back we interviewed this band called uh, Hellions. You might have heard of them. And uh, we asked them in the backseat of a minivan because that's all we could afford back then who the next upcoming band is that we need to keep an eye on. And straight away all the boys said Void of Vision. Watch them blow up. <laughs> Here we are three years later. You guys have blown up. So now it's time for you to pass the baton on. Who's the next big band in the making that we need to start so focusing on? Three, two, one. Thornhill. Thornhill. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Keep. There's some posters, posters around in the venue that have some cool news regarding them and a certain label. But yeah, Thornhill. They've got news and they are going to blow the shit up. All right. Check out Thornhill. Follow Vorta Vision, boys. Thank you so much. All the best in Europe, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Pleasure.
it's Andy and Lizzie from the beautiful monument and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. By 2018, the beautiful monument are here. Lizzie and Andrea, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. <laughs> you know what's going up? You guys played a fucking killer set. That's exactly what we need to say straight away. First of all, you're on stage looking at all these people at Unify. What's that like? I actually wasn't as daunting as I thought it'd be. I think you build it up in your head um, for many months, and then when you get out there and you, you see the vibes and you see everyone getting into it, you just feel really good on stage. It was insane. To look 
to be on the other side is sick. Like, I've been to every Unify so far. So to be on the stage this time was just fucking mental. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. Hands down. So far. All right, so take us so far. For someone like yourself who's been to every single Unify, um, what would you prefer? This is a question we want to know because people come along to Unify as punters. They're like, I wish I could go on stage. I wish I could go backstage and hang with the bands. You've done both. What's the better experience? I like being in a band, so yes. I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Doing interviews with people yes. like me, yeah. It's so much fun. You've definitely got some good areas as well to oh, yeah. like hang out in and just chill or get out of the rain or whatever you want to do. Yeah. 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 It's sick and it's just... I mean, the vibes are a little bit different because, you know, like a lot of the time you're out getting pissed with all your mates and just drinking all day listening to music. So it's different. And especially like, you know, we played on the second day. So it's like you're just nervous the first day. So it was really weird being here for me and not getting absolutely annihilated um, and like freaking out as opposed to being like, shit, yeah, unified, fuck yeah. No, I was shitting my pants. Uh, not not literally, not yeah. Not literally. Well, we couldn't tell on stage because you were jumping around like you own the joint. You pretty much have been here attending and now you own it by actually performing. One question I want to know, uh, how's Shelby? Obviously, we've been watching uh, the reports and the updates so far. How's she going? She's, at the moment, she's on the road to recovery. Yeah. Um, we don't know how long it's going to take, but we've got... We've got good signs, so yeah. she, she will recover. Yeah, uh, it's excellent. just it's just a matter of time. Well, we're looking forward to seeing a big recovery from Shelby and a big welcome back. It's a shame she couldn't be here, but the love and support she's got from the fans and you guys in the band too looking after her. Uh, we miss you, Shelby. We want you here, so get better soon. Yeah. But talking for the future of the band, uh, the last time we spoke, Lizzie, you had mentioned that you are working on new material. How is that coming along? Good. We're so excited. We hit the studio in March, April, um, and then hopefully by media we'll have some cool new stuff out we're super duper excited to be working with um sdl studios again so the thing that i've tried to explain to people about the beautiful monument is you're so diverse you can't put you into a specific category because you're heavy you're pop rock you're melodic you're emo in a way i guess you could say is that the kind of theme we're going along i think we're always going to have a a diversity my god diverse (laughs) album um just because we find it hard to and even when people ask us they're like oh so you know oh you're playing a band like what genre are you I'm like you know what honestly like you have to listen to the album because I can't I don't even know like it's just you've got a bunch on there but um but that's like gained us a lot of fans from different areas because we do have that one heavy song or we do have that one song that's kind of softer for people who enjoy that we have a very like diverse fan base which is sick because we appeal to so many different crowds because our songs are so different and we have like I think we're going to stick to the whole diverse selection just because you know we can't pick a favorite either you know we do enjoy playing heavier riffs we do enjoy the more pop stuff like I don't want to give that up and go in like a specific direction yeah one specific way it doesn't feel like it's us anymore like that is who we are now like we're diverse and it's more fun that way well we're loving what you've done so far we can't wait to see the new stuff can you say one sentence of a lyric you have if anything like that um i'm the reaper okay cool so that's the first lyric that you've got from an unheard of beautiful monument song coming out soon heard it here first ladies thank you so much for the chat all the best with unified this year and uh we'll catch you again soon all right thank you thank you
Booker and Sean from Make Them Suffer. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Walrus Sound back at Unify 2018, day number two with Make Them Fucking Suffer! <laughs> How are we kids? Fantastic, thank you. And yourself? Oh, mate, I'm wrecked. I'm not going to lie. It's first time doing this and we went too hard the first night, then the second night, and now we're struggling. But how are you guys? Obviously one of the uh, bands who flew the furthest to get here. Is it worth the trip every time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there are fond memories. Well, lack thereof memories, I should say, of last year. Yes, I have no memories of the last time. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why that is. That's a weird thing. Yeah, but no, Unify's always a time, man, and everyone's always like so... It's crazy because it's such kind of miserable weather I guess but like everyone is still turning like no one seems to care hey people yeah. are just trudging through the mud so um and making the effort so it's sick yeah it's good vibes and like it's always a big like party as well because you just kind of rock up and there's like all these dudes you haven't seen like you used to play yeah. shows with like a couple of years ago or whatever and it's like ah oh, dude so it's essentially like a big family reunion for all your bands to get back together again yeah exactly exactly I recently had my like high school 10 year reunion and uh, this is quite similar to that I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> except no one thinks we're an arsehole yeah pretty much <laughs> alright well you guys had a fucking stellar year last year Worlds Apart a fantastic album and then obviously you had global domination touring on the back of that have you had the moment where you sit back and go holy shit we are doing big things with this band and I did not believe we could be here doing this yeah I'd say so like it's all weird all the time like for me I'm like what the hell just happened to my life yeah because she was she was like thrown in the deep end pretty much so it's, I guess it's a bit of a different story but yeah like, like definitely there's been um, like a lot of short term goals that we've always tried to push towards I think and um, doing doing our first like headliners in those markets like in Europe and America and stuff for us is just yeah it's crazy it's yeah. mind blowing hey like to think that that would ever happen like that was never you know we just kind of wanted to like getting signed to a label was like our first goal sort of thing yeah. and then it's just gone so much further than that so it's crazy and Booker how's the transition for you coming into the band and really just being thrown like you were saying before thrown into the deep end are you finding it easy are you, are you keeping up with the band as best as possible I mean it has definitely been far from easy I'm sure like but I mean that in like the best way it's been the most incredible experience of my life um, I went from managing a psychiatric facility to playing with these guys uh, almost overnight and it took like it's taken a lot of work I have probably worked harder at this than I have at anything else in my life but I've never loved anything more than I've loved this so it's been amazing and I've just been absolutely like eating up every experience bad good just loving it 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 was actually quite funny because like when um, Louisa, the previous keyboarder, said that she was going to leave the band, we were like freaking out, like, how are we going to find a replacement? And I think we, we trialed uh, someone in Europe and then we were like, you know, having conversations with some other people. And then it just like, literally happened that Booker and Nick were just like literally out at a bar one night. And I think. <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends for yeah, a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, like, he's like, oh, you know, Louise, this is happening. And I was like, oh, I play piano. I play piano since I was like eight. Crazy. Anyway, next minute, um, it was, I was like, imagine if I joined, ha ha. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're in the band, you're travelling the globe, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. maybe I, I better live up to this expectation, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really not something, like it, I, I, my life was on a completely different trajectory, like music has always been a part of my life, but I'd never, I'd never even played a live gig before I joined this band, so there was a lot of work to do, but as you know, you can learn how to perform, you can learn all that stuff, it's, yeah. but at the end of the day, I can and a relationship, I think, between people who you know work together creatively has to be the most important thing. Yeah. And look, you, you got on stage and you've adapted so well from all of us at uh, Wall of Sound who have had the chance to cover you guys in the past. I wanted to talk about uh, one of our writers, Ricky, who pointed me in the direction of you guys after your song Vortex. Um, holy fucking shit, what a song. It, it completely blew me away. I've never heard anything like it before. I need to know, inspiration, how'd you come up with this idea? Because it is such a fantastic song that needs to be heard by so many people. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a bar one night and wrote it down on a yeah, piece of paper. I was at a bar with Nick and Booker. And <laughs> oh man, I, I think uh, I don't know what happened with that one. Like I don't know, Nick just like we were just. Oh, that was when um, Nick and I did a trip like down south to like Margaret River and like like booked a place there and just like hung out for like a weekend sort of thing, just writing stuff and collaborating. And then that's the song that came out of that particular trip. I guess it was just like locking it, like locking ourselves in a cabin and getting stuff done. I don't know. Like I, I couldn't tell you inspiration behind it. Just yeah. sort of came yeah. out. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. one of those things, the spur of the moment type thing, and then it yeah. blossomed into this fucking song that's going to be part of your legacy for years to come. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So, so it's a big year with Worlds Apart coming out. What's 2018 going to hold for you guys? Because obviously, how are you going to top what you did last year? I'm going to make a dubstep album, I think. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Skrillex. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I have no idea what we're going to do this year. Hey, like, just hope to, like, uh, tour as much as possible. And honestly, we're pretty... I think, like, now with, uh, like, I guess freeing up our creative direction with, with the most recent album, I think we're really excited to actually, like, get back in the studio and write more. So we might even be putting out more tunes in 2018. Currently, you know, we're, we're bouncing out ideas and things are being, things are being um, written and we are trying out things. Yeah. Bit, bit more experimentation, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all comes out in the wash because we don't really know until it's done. So, yeah. Well, we're loving what you guys have done so far. It's evident enough with people who have come to your shows, the tours here in Australia and around the world, and obviously getting back on Unify again. So, all the best with the future, and let's see you guys back here again soon up in Brisbane around the country dominating. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us, man. Thank you Can't so wait. much. Because the night I think I'm ready to go
up. It's Drain Out from Hellions. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. against the wall. Hellions are here. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back. The uh, last time we had a chat to you guys was in the back of a uh, tour van at the back of the Brightside car park with all of you guys crammed in. From there, you've got an ARIA nomination. You've done big things all across the globe and have just turned into an unstoppable force. Congratulations, first of all, on everything you've done since then. Can you intro us every time we play? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you want a job? That was a G. That was mad. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you need someone to fucking bring
bring you in. That's how it is. But it should be uh, starting with the Aria-nominated Hellions because yeah, that's a fucking big deal. Flashing back to obviously, you know, the the time when you were doing that tour. I think it was the Destroy Music tour with uh, 68 from memory. Their first yeah, yeah. From there, you've put out Opera Oblivia and just gone gangbusters. Left, right and centre, everyone wants a piece of you. Have you taken a step back to realise, fuck, you know, all this shit is happening to us and we, we can't slow down because we need to live up to these expectations? I don't... No, we, I, to be fair, I don't think any of us have really taken a, a minute to be like, what yeah. what's exactly going on? Because yeah. it's just... 110 yeah, like all the time keeps rolling and yeah. I guess moments like that we realise yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, done, you've done so much you're not just this little band from Sydney anymore you're fucking on a national global scale now yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah, it's fun it's, 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 it's so much fun it's we're like fun, yeah. just lucky I guess yeah, to we're do very what lucky. we yeah, very, very blessed I guess yeah lucky talented and you have a great band behind you guys so let's talk about the fact that you are going overseas more often than you know the normal average person doing a holiday you know with their family or whatever audiences overseas it, it can be one of two ways they can not want to jump on board for an international artist or they can hear about you guys and come in for you how's it been going and playing for audiences overseas very well yeah it goes well I mean we've done well, yeah. quite a wide variety of tours like we've we've done a bunch of uh, I guess like hardcore tours like especially throughout Europe and stuff where the audience is very they they want to hear hardcore music yeah, and, and right. because we're a little bit left uh, you know yeah, we're, right, we're not yeah. what they're expecting sometimes you get like the what in the fuck is going on or yeah. you get like the people are just like gobsmacked and like this is amazing I've had the best of both worlds I think and it's fun to try and like go in with the mentality to try and win those people over or like and yeah. show them something a little bit different and obviously you know they're resonating with what you guys are doing I mean it, it, the, the good thing about Hellions is you can't exactly class you guys in one specific genre you've got the hardcore side of things but you've also got the punk rock side of things the, the rap rock side of things and things like that is that sort of what you want to do moving forward just not be pigeonholed into one category yeah like we've, we've always been big uh, like We've always wanted to be not different, but always not limit ourselves. Yeah, to, like, or, or pigeonhole ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So. We listen. We always listen to so many different types of music, like the five of us, and it's crazy. We. Whenever someone has a great idea, it gets in. It gets yeah, 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 yeah. It all like, blends together, yeah. And create it creatively. It's kind of um, a little bit. We don't really take that into consideration too much. Yeah. What, what happens creatively is what just kind of happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. We don't we don't go in and be like we don't want to make a heavy record or we don't. Yeah. Wanna, okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Kind of a, so essentially, that's why you'll have you know a heavy song on the album, but then you'll have like a light-hearted kind of almost pop rock kind of sound, yeah. like towards the end. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what about creative differences when it comes to that situation? Like, are you all happy to chuck in all your ideas and have like 20 songs and just go, right, let's cut back what doesn't fit here, what doesn't sound right, maybe that's good for an EP later on, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's always evolving. Like, yeah, yeah and let's like say before, I guess we respect each other a lot. To, whenever an idea is thrown out, it's never shunned or not looked yeah. at. or It's always taking the time to pick apart and then... If it does, and I guess we'll sit there and pick it apart, and if yeah. nothing always works, and but the thing is, like you've tried it, and there's no nothing left unturned. Yeah, that's yeah. something we learned over, you know, doing over a bunch of records. Time, yeah. yeah, and it takes a, it takes a little while. I feel like last record we kind of that's where we well we felt like we found our yeah. formula. And I guess one of the things as well for a lot of bands that look up to you guys, and you know, you, you essentially do that mentor thing with upcoming bands, and you get them to open for you guys and things like that. How would you, or what advice would you pass on? to them if they're stuck in a studio writing songs and they're all clashing over the fact that they want to put something on the album but it just doesn't fit and they can't come to an agreement <laughs> <laughs> not to get all deep and meaningful so early let it uh yeah let 
th- there's always a way to make it work, you know, unless yeah, yeah. unless it like genuinely oh, sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which will just go, it sucks, and we're like, all right, fair enough. You'd like, yeah, have, yeah. have to come to that realization yourself, and you're like, okay, maybe it wasn't that good. Which we all do as well. Like, yeah. there's always ideas that are like, you know, some someone will suggest something, and you like, are you, is that a joke? Or yeah, is that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're serious? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, we'll 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 take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever left like butt hurt or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one's like, oh, you didn't use my part. Like, <laughs> and and look, that's what you've got to have. Like, you, you have a joke and go, look, that was alright. It didn't really work out that well, but maybe next time somewhere down the track. That's yeah, happened. like you, we've tried certain things when we didn't, I guess, not know what we were doing, but like maybe didn't have the experience to pull stuff off yep, and stuff yep. and then and then we realized that some stuff was saved from last time I guess for our last producer and he's like now we can try now I yeah, think you have yeah. the there's there's yeah. songs that we've completely barred and just been like no this yeah. is not good and then we've come back later doing a, a rehash them in a different way and yeah, then yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly exactly right all right so going into 2018 a new album is on the way has has it been recorded or is it all done mixing now or are you still in stages you're looking at me like it's done and you can't say shit it's done <laughs> It's fully done! <laughs> it's finished. We're just, we're just waiting. We're just, yeah, it's the right time, that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. It's just working out all the, the details now. Single will be dropped, that kind of thing. Make a tour announcement, that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing all those like little things and stuff. But I guess it's, we just want to show the world, but... Yeah, it's you, like, you, you can't tell anyone yet. Like Christmas. Yeah. This is the hard. This is the hardest part for us. Yeah. You, you get it, and you're so excited, and then you're like, you no one's gonna hear this for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Opera Oblivia was a, it was a concept album. Is it? Are you going that same kind of angle this time around, or just back to a whole bunch of songs with certain themes that maybe relate or are just different on each song? I wouldn't say it's a complete concept. I mean, well, it is. Yeah, I guess it is. It is. I wouldn't like it's. You could, yeah, weirdly put it as a concept album. Yeah, yeah like... We've almost picked up where we left off, right? Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the perfect answer. Yeah. yeah. And so, with the ARIA nomination you got for the last album, were you was that playing in the back of your mind going, right, so this is enough to get us a nod and, uh, you know, get us mentioned on a national scale with the ARIA Awards itself? Is that something you took into mind going into the studio? Hence, maybe why it's a continuation, or...? To be honest, no. No, yeah. I don't think really any, like... I don't think anyone really thinks about that. Yeah, like what yeah. we said before, we don't really have an agenda going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's just kind of let's see what let's see what happens. Yeah. And the writing yeah, exactly process, right. yeah, ex- like uh, you know, expands from over a year or so. You know, of, of just yeah, yeah. We've ne- uh, yeah. I don't think we've ever wrote an album or a song and particularly gone like this is going. This to is Ari material. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you don't get that from your own songs, you're not doing something right. I guess like we when we hear our own songs, we're like. We, we, we hope for the best and you yeah. know we dream big but we never write our songs for that yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. never a thing yeah it's all about the emotion the time and what's going on in your life and what you want to write about exactly yeah and if people connect to that that's sick alright well let's talk about the fact that there's all these anniversary tours going on right now uh, you know 10 year anniversaries Parkway doing the 10 year horizons I want to know from you coming up in 2021 is there any way shape or form possible that we could see a 10 year one night only return of the bride oh <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I like I like forward thinking, and this is something in in future years. My reason for this is I never got to see the bride perform at all ever. I got into you guys after it all finished up. So I'm like, if there's any way, shape, or form I can be in Sydney for one night, 
let me put the idea in your head now so maybe somewhere down the track it happens. Let's just get this out of the way, right? You reckon? All right, so this is a wall of sound exclusive. <laughs> Never going to happen. The <laughs> Hellions is better. <laughs> well, I'm glad I've jumped on the Hellions bandwagon. I'm going to let what happened in the past die and leave it behind. Looking forward to seeing what you guys do. You're going to fucking kill it here at uh, Unify and moving forward. Guys, thank you for the time. I appreciate thank you, it. Randy. Thank you so much. This is Jenna from Tonight Alive. You're listening to Wall of Sounds Up Against the Wall.
Sound backstage at Unify 2018. Jenna McDougall, everyone. G'day. It's where we would normally have a sound effect, but sorry. That's okay. Um, it's a big day for Tonight Live. Congratulations, Underworld, finally out. Well done. Thank you. That's a really nice thing to say. Well done. Sometimes that's more than enough, you know? Really? It's like kind of an energetic pat on the back. Well, well done. It's what you need. Like, how did you guys celebrate this morning? The album's finally out. You've been teasing it for so long. You've mm. spoken about it with us previously in the past. It's now out there for the world to see, to judge, to feel, to, mm. you know, relate to. Thank you. Well, we rolled out of bed. We said happy release day. Yeah. And then we drove down to Unify. <laughs> so that's so been it so far. There's no cake. There's the peak no... is still to come. Okay, right, gotcha. I so think essentially so. that's after your set tonight. I'm feeling that. It'll be the set and the aftermath of the set. Well, we look forward to seeing what comes from that. Um, with the album out, you, you finally got all these stories again. You, you, you're sharing your heart, your insecurities, your emotions, and things like that. For yourself, do you worry how fans react? when you put this out there and you're pretty much down on your knees going, here's what I've got for you, please enjoy it, that kind of situation. Thanks for being so perceptive. I really appreciate it. No, well, to answer your question, I'm not worried at all. I have no fear, I have no, like, hesitations, nothing. I told the truth on the record and it's not like it's the first time I've ever told the truth, but it's the most authentically I've ever done it. And more importantly than anything, I told the truth to myself. And I think that's something I swept under the rug for a really long yes. time. Look, the reason I ask that is because um, I want to, you know, jump into your shoes for a second, live vicariously through you. Um, I came out recently to the world and revealed my bisexuality to everyone, and I can't explain it in like diagrams, but I can sort of say I felt like this this cleanse, like this dark mm. kind of spirit kind of thing if you yeah. will leave my body and I realise yeah. I've got no more issues and nothing on my shoulders anymore is that sort of the same way you feel when you release oh, an album I feel so good for you that is so awesome I felt something leave me when you said Excellent. that that's amazing yeah I think I've been um, experimenting and um, trying to educate myself on the topic of the shadow self the shadow self is the part of you that you neglect abandon that you yeah. shun that you're embarrassed of that you ignore that somebody made you feel ashamed for and therefore you have always carried that shadow it's with you all the time it, where there's great light there's great shadow correct and um it just feels really good to actually face the shadow and say hey i acknowledge you and hey let's talk about this and just to see that part of yourself as an innocent vulnerable beautiful thing like yeah. the, the inner child that's just like please please just love me and nurture me and um i understand exactly why you feel that way yes and, um, yeah, I think the record is a lot to do with sort of those kind of moments. If I could essentially sit down with you and do a songwriting session, you could write the, the song for my life and everything like that because you have such That's a better amazing. way of doing it. I can't sing to save my life. But I've always wondered, like, you know, with yourself growing up in the spotlight, you've been doing this for such a long time. You've put yourself out there, and with each album that comes out, you essentially reveal something new, something hidden. And it's kind of a maturing approach to your ability to write songs, to become a musician and prove that you are in the public eye you are a role model to people but you're just like everyone else 
Thank you. Is that pretty much along the li- yeah, right lines? I really appreciate it. everything you're saying. Just, you're kind of like speaking to my heart right now. I, I didn't you. know how, I didn't know the best way to explain it, so I'm, I, I don't want to fill you with uh, no. compliments or anything like that. No, I'm not. I don't feel flattered. Like I just feel understood. So and that, thank and you. that's what it's like. I, I'm, I'm stoked to see the progression that Tonight Alive has had, and even yourself as well too, with each songwriting that comes out. The big question, obviously, a lot of people want to know is when are you making the transition into acting? Into acting. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I'm a shit actor. Yeah? Yeah, I feel... Yeah. Yeah? Go on. Tell me more. (laughs) I feel so embarrassed when I have to fake something. Yeah. When I don't feel like I'm doing something that came for real. That's why, like, I I don't know if you're saying that because of disappear or something like that. The video, what what made you? Well, say because that? I I look at you and I look at you know what you've done over the years, and normally it's about the time that you've been in the band for a decade or so that you start branching out and trying new things. Right. I look to you as uh, the Australian edition of Gwen Stefani, so to say. Gwen Stefani was in No Doubt, went solo, did some movies. Okay. Jenna McDougal, is there a solo uh, venture in mind, or is there going to be some sort of acting at some point in the future? I like to make a solo record yeah yeah definitely and how obviously something you've thought about how would that differ from what you've done with tonight alive i just think it, it wouldn't have any borders or boundaries yeah. it wouldn't have a genre it wouldn't have like um it wouldn't be limited to sort of like members that can play certain instruments i just i want to make music with everybody yeah. and like friends and just branch out and muck around like it'd be the first time i really feel like i could yeah really just experiment like truly without knowing that you're making a record for a band that has a genre that has a following that belongs to a yeah, scene yeah. Um, even though you can still do whatever the hell you want you, there's still those kind of borders and you kind of I guess you could say in the past you've been restricted with the type of venture you can do with your music um, I would love to talk about Limitless in a second before I lose my train of thought but okay. you're yeah. kind of in a position where like people are telling you what you need to do whereas if you go out solo you've got the backing you've got the support and the the brain power to do it and it's essentially what you want and your rules the way you want to do it and I think it'll be great to make a first record again because making our first record I was 18 and I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know how to use my voice I wasn't um, conscious about being a songwriter at all and what came out of that record I think is a result of channeling and like just a natural moment in time but like it'd be really cool to be I'm 25 now I want to start writing this record and just really um, curate it be the brains behind it and the way it goes is the way you want it not how someone else tells you oh you should do that do it this way and take my time with it too I think there's a lot of potential and possibility well looking forward to see what comes from that you heard it here first maybe I think Um, that was the first time I've ever said that excellent well uh, Jenna McDougall (laughs) solo album would be great (laughs) but let's go back I want to talk about Limitless Um, for myself I'm not the biggest Tonight Alive fan I'm not like the hordes of fans that you have that follow you around the world to shows and things like that I didn't mind the album I actually genuinely enjoyed Limitless and so when I hear people saying it wasn't as good as you know one of the early works or it was completely removed from what you've done in the past I saw it as a continuation from The Edge which I loved because I'm a mad Spider-Man fan for yourself when you hear stuff like that, I want to know, like, how do you feel? Because, to quote your own song as well, too, you've put this out there for fans and it hasn't resonated. Do you wipe it away from history or do you just acknowledge, okay, it wasn't what you liked, let's try something different? Yeah, I don't know. It's something I had to grieve, to be honest. Like, while we were on the road, I, we, you know, David Benders came out. It must have been in, like, November last year, which would have only been about nine months or so after the record had come out and 
you know, he said, what happened? What happened? And we get, kept getting that kind of dialogue that was like, we did everything we could and like people didn't. And I was just like, I'm not hearing that. Like, I can't listen to that because yeah. I got to get on stage every day and care about this yeah. and show people what, where it comes from in the heart. And I felt really, really connected to that record. And it was really, really hard sort of being dropped by our labels to be honest yeah. we lost we lost our backing um because we didn't have commercial success with it which is what the goal was yeah you know which was against my my wishes yeah yeah I got but you. it was kind of like a trust it was a, just a trust um record hoping that hey let, let's try something different let's really like make it organic as as organic as possible with other people's encouragement and yeah. agendas and stuff like that involved and um yeah it was it was quite heartbreaking to be honest and it took me until this time last year around january when we took months off to write underworld that i had a moment where i was like wow like on this record my subconscious was screaming out saying like i don't want to compromise and i just want to be free and like i want to be honest and all these things that i just couldn't do at the time yeah. and while we were making that record i felt like i was being strangled like i honestly had that physical sensation every time that i went up to the mic that someone was going stop stop and um so that's a really emotional like answer and i don't yeah. really remember what your question was um oh i think you answered it. it it was a hard situation to go through um and i think it's obviously a bullshit experience for you guys getting dropped however you guys got picked up straight away underworld is out right now it's scoring rave reviews it's fucking fantastic get yourself a copy Thank um you. before we go just got a couple of fan questions to get through if that's all right yeah please so renee wants to know um what's it going to take to get new heights on the set list renee i know <laughs> exactly who that is and she always asks i want to play it honestly i should just learn it myself i um you know i always said to whack i was like let's like let's find out a way to do this as a, a better rendition than it was as a demo you know it's a pretty shoddy song and pretty shoddy recording so I, I'd love to work on that song and I'd love to bring it back on a headline tour. I think it's worth it. Yeah. It's seriously, it's, it didn't go on the EP. Like it was pre-EP days. So what was her question? And what's it going to take to get that on the set list? Not yet. much more. She's probably asked enough times now. Excellent. Jenna McDougal from Tonight Live. Thank you so much for thank the chat. You. All My the best pleasure. with the album. And uh, mate, we will have you back really again soon. really appreciate it. Thank you, man.
This is Dan and Alan from Four Years Strong. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Analog Sound at Unify 2018. It's fucking four years strong. Here we are. How are we, lads? Uh, we had a bit of a delay getting in for you guys, and uh, now you're here. Yeah, I'm stoked. We Our flight, first flight was shitty. Cancelled. But then we got here, and they lost all our stuff. But we're here. We're ready to rock with now, some loner stuff. And now you're going to head out around the country as well, too, without some guitars, maybe, possibly? Well, you we yeah. should be getting the guitars, the guitars back tonight. tonight. Hopefully. Not before we play, but before I go to bed. So what is essentially are you going to go on stage and play with now? Is it going to be ukuleles or just clap along and hope people yeah, will sing? Yeah, I'm just going to sing my guitar lines <laughs> in the microphone. It's going to be weird, but no, I, we got some loner stuff, so. But it's weird playing other guitars that you're not it used is, to. It? It's like yeah. wearing someone else's shoes that they've already, like, worn. I don't know if it's quite like that. I think it is. I don't mean, like, in a stinky way, but, like, it's already, like, worn in and, you know. It's, I would it's, rather play someone else's like guitar shoes. than wear someone else's shoes, I think. Well, no, I, I'm not that saying, I'm not, like, yeah. comparing them in that way. I'm just saying, like, it's similar to my uncomfortableness. Well, now we got formalities out of the way and what's yeah. uncomfortable. What I want to talk about with you guys is, back in the year 2010, I discovered a band called Four Years Strong. They Absolutely. sound terrible. Horrible name, but it's all right. They play good music. <laughs> it is. You're but, so um, right. The, the great thing about this band was they encouraged me to grow my very first beard. Nice. Dan O'Connor, I have a photo of you on my computer saying, I want a beard like Dan O'Connor. What the fuck? What about me? Well, you had a Similar ginger tinge yeah. ba back in the day. It wasn't as big. They, they don't look well upon gingers here. That's <laughs> true. It's true. They don't, right? We hate Ed Sheeran. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I eventually grew what I've got now. If nice. you could rate this beer, because obviously you've been growing beards What's your whole scale? life. Like a 1 to 10 thing? Let's go, yeah, 1 to 10. 10 being fucking amazing like yours, 1 being absolutely shit house. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's a 9, because nine? you need to you need to let the mustache grow a little bit. Well, more. here's the issue. I have really bad genetics and I can't grow a mustache. It's what? there. Just let it grow longer. Well, what's, what's your key? What... Well, he's he's got a good mustache because he's got a like a like a fireman mustache. Yeah, it's yeah. like thick. It's thick. Yeah. I don't have yeah. I don't have the surface area, yeah, yeah. but it grows like, but it grows long. Yeah, you, you gotta get used to having hair grow. in your mouth. You gotta you, you gotta get used to when you eat a sandwich, every bite coming with a mouthful of hair. All this stuff is just mayonnaise all yeah. the time. Yep, mayo and. Yeah, if, you get a, if you get a whiff, you'll get some old milk. And it's great, isn't it? I mean, you're walking down the street and you're pretty much gagging and people are looking at you weird going, what's this guy on? What's yeah. he been doing? Yep, that's it. All right, well, let's talk about the band. You guys um, haven't put out uh, a full proper album, I guess you could say. We saw the album we put out last year. Some of you will like it, some of yep. you won't, yep. uh, which was essentially retakes on your songs. Yeah. Is there any new music on the way for you guys? Well, we were just you... talking about this today a little bit, that we're starting to talk and think yeah. About, about it? About it, yeah. But we haven't... And I've, I have, like, some voice memos of some new riffs and you stuff. You want to hear them? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's, there's mouthed <laughs> ones. There yeah, actually is. There's ones of me sitting in my car, and you can hear, like, the road noise and me going, like... So that's as far as it goes so far. But when it comes to, obviously, thinking about writing in the future, what is going to be the topic of mind for you guys? Obviously, you're hitting your middle 30s, I guess you could say, right now. I guess... Uh, 33 it's, is it's young like middle. beginning middle. It's closer to the middle than it is I'll early. Be more in the middle. Low mid. In the middle yeah. of this. So what do you guys write about now? Are you, are you starting to think about, you know, settling down and writing about mortgages? We're pretty, we're pretty <laughs> changing changing settled yeah. down. Most, most of our songs are going to be about excise taxes and, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Interest I, rates. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the problem with uh, with settling down and, and being very comfortable in life. It's hard to write songs about girls when you're happily married. Yeah. That, that's really the issue. Is. That's it. Yeah. No one wants to hear about how how great my life is. <laughs> like, they want to hear about my struggles. 
The problem is I don't have any struggles right now. Would it be an issue of, you know, household shit? Like, you're sick of sitting at home cleaning the house when you'd rather go on tour and, you know, go play around the world? Yeah, I mean, it's nice because when I get home, it's like a nice, I, I clean the house and it's a nice break from, like, having a gig. And then when I gig, I don't have to clean anything. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I don't the biggest about difference about being on tour, like when we first started touring, I never had any responsibilities. Yeah. Like we were, I, we were so young, we didn't have bills and rent to pay and and like stuff like that, and like responsibilities daily. Yeah. But now, People. going on tour, People. all of your responsibilities like disappear. Like, well, they don't. Like, they just loom. They just they loom. Yeah. Your, and your wife makes you feel guilty for not yeah. taking care of them. Yeah. Well, because they don't get done. Right. They just pile up, and then we get home, and then it's like a big scramble. Well, I mean, like little things. Like, I mean, you have probably have more. They have kids, but like letting my dogs out in the morning and like doing that. It's like I can sleep till whatever I want. Just put in a dog door. They let themselves out. I was gonna put in a. Oh shit! I was supposed to put in a cat door before I left. (laughs) Into my basement. (laughs) Into my basement because we can't close the the basement door because my cat goes down there because the litter box is. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just smaller. I mean, it makes sense. It's like a dog door, but smaller. Yeah. If we leave the basement door closed, she will pee upstairs because the litter box is downstairs. But if we leave the door open, our dog goes down and eats all the cat shit. So there's no winning. (laughs) Ten bucks says you find Kipper halfway through that thing at some point. Oh, no, we have. No, through the through the, the cat door. Oh, through the it. cat door. <laughs> what you've got right there is half an album's worth of material. If right, you guys yeah. want to head down That's that it. path. Yeah. All right, so for you guys, you're back here in Australia again. You're doing the Rise or Die trying anniversary tour. How is it playing every single show? Are you getting the same reactions with different crowds? Or is it getting to the point where you're like, okay, we played this enough. Let's try something else. Uh, I mean, like, it's, 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 it's definitely... A year straight of playing the whole album front to back is draining. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing that stinks even even more than playing all the same songs is playing them in the exact same order. order yeah. That and there are certain songs like I totally appreciate and understand the like the gimmick of playing the album front to back, but let's face it, there are songs in the album that people just don't care as much about as yeah. the other ones. Yeah. But we're doing it, so we're going to play all the songs, but like there's the duds. Every yeah, night we cool. play it and the crowd is like, oh yeah, that's that But song. some of the songs that if we put in a normal set and they would be like duds in the set, they go over a little bit better. Right, yeah, because, because we're playing Because the album. it's the yeah. record and everybody knows what song's coming next. So they like get themselves all pumped up for it, which is cool. But all the reactions have been great. I mean, you know, when we play the record, you can tell that people are there to see the record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's definitely like you can feel it in the room that people are stoked because we usually play like a couple other songs and then yeah. play the record and then okay, play some yeah, more so afterwards yeah, yeah. so because well we started playing like we start with the record but i feel like it was like everybody was so pumped up that when it actually started like they they weren't, they weren't quite like ready ready for it yet yeah. um so like the first couple songs would kind of be like you know a little less intense than i wanted them to be yeah. so we threw a couple songs before and it remedied the whole situation so so it's working out well, I guess you could say, in that favour. You're having all these fans who loved your album uh, all these years ago, and now all of a sudden they're growing up, they're bringing their kids to your shows. What's one thing you haven't seen on the show yet that you really want to see, whether it's here in Australia or whether it's the next place you tour? Someone walk up to the merch table with a bag of money, just throw it on the table and say, give it to those guys, they deserve it. <laughs> it's funny because I was going to say basically the same thing, except not at the merch table. Not at the merch table, just someone like, hey, take this! And just throw all of their money on the a stage. Blank check and then yeah. we live out that movie. Yeah. Great. Uh, I got four bucks. I'm gonna do after this interview is finished. It's right. uh, four years strong, guys. Thank you so much. All yep. the best in Australia, and let's get some new music on the way soon about how shit it is having cats at home. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a cat, so that'll be easy. Roll with the punches, cause you know that it's a night in the first.
And Steve from Introvert, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Up against the wall at Unified 2018. Introverter here. Yeah. Hi, Dad. Long drive from Newcastle. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yes. That was long, man. How long until we finally get you guys your private jet so you can get down here that way? Oh, tomorrow, hopefully. Like yeah. We're driving yeah. back tomorrow, so. It's so nice. If we can do like a GoFundMe, that'd be <laughs> sick. <laughs> Introvert, get back to Newcastle and uh, hopefully kick off 2018 in style. Guys, first of all, you got signed to Unify, which is fucking amazing work on the back of when we first caught up with you at Big Sound. What does this mean for 2018 for you guys? It's going to be busy. Yeah, and, and you'll probably get more than three tracks out of it. Yeah, so. Hey, hey, finally! Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, literally, like, recording is so expensive and stuff, but, like, with the help of the dudes, we should be able to do a lot more, I guess, like, yeah. which should be great. And what, Yeah, and especially be able to get you a better product, too, because um, literally, um, Old Taste was recorded in, like, three days, and um, yeah. lyrics for Seeing Hearing already did the night before. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. I was on the piss, yeah. and then we were setting to record, and then I was like, shh. I don't have lyrics yet. <laughs> so I was in bed. I was like, cool. No one annoy me. I gotta knuckle down. Yeah. And I, I love the lyrics. Singing is great. Out, you know? 
So if you have a bit more time to prepare properly, we might be able to hear some ARIA Award nomination style music. Oi. I'll probably still be on the piss. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Let's not jinx anything. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I want to do moving into 2018 with you guys, we had such fun and have loved following your success story. Touring with AFI last year has been nuts. I want to have more of an in-depth chance where we get to find out more personal stuff about yourself. Firstly, with you, um, why has no one acknowledged the fact that you are Rhaegar Targaryen? I actually get it every day. You do get it, just, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, like, back in the day, I used to, um, like, I went to Europe with, like, an old girlfriend. And um, I was walking, like, I went for a swim and then washed my hair. And so it was, like, like it's usually not this naughty or whatever. But, yeah. like, and so I was just walking around and um, this group of guys was at this table with, like, their beers and stuff. And I think they were all Aussie. But as I walked past, they were just like, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you just... <laughs> You know, you just yeah. See, like you can't be disappointed yeah. with a burn like that, yeah, you know, because exactly. it's just it's just perfect, you know. But like, yeah, but that's um, yeah, that's my claim to fame, I guess. Suck at drums, but great hair. Yeah, suck at drums. You're all right at singing, but if you chuck some pixie ears on your head, you'll be able to be mistaken for Orlando Bloom. So I can take that with you. I man. will take that to the grave. Now I want to go into uh, a bit of detail about Audie when you're at school. Uh, a fun fact that uh, not a lot of people might not know is that uh, your old principal. Yeah. Mr. Snedden. Mr. Snedden is a writer of us. He's a big heavy metal fan and he speaks very highly of you. Mate, he got me out of so much shit. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Because what he's uh, told me that I'm about to unleash on you, it's not exactly uh, what's going down. Well, well look, you know, I said that because I'm trying to act a lot cooler than I am. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what he said. Apparently, in the early years of high school, your vice principal said that you were one of the most uncoolest kid in junior high. Can you confirm or deny that's true? I'll confirm. Yeah? He's uncool now. I'm still uncool. <laughs> He's an introvert. Thank you, Mr. Snedden. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. From there, you have uh, you went through an emo phase and also played with the uh, school band at assembly rehearsals and things like that. Um, how did you escape high school with being the nerdy guy? Were, were things different? Because when I was in high school and you were a nerd, people picked on you. Was that essentially what happened with you growing up? Yeah, basically. Like... There's sledging. I got yeah. sledged a bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's expected. Oh, I thought it had something to do with the toilet. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I think Getting it, dunked. Oh, no, that happened to me I've never been dunked. Haven't you? Oh, yeah. no, it's a horrible I went to experience. a Christian school, but... Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. All right. I got a few swellies cool. in my time, yeah. yeah. Um, look, I, I still get swellies. It's, it's a tough, yeah. t- touchy subject, man. It's like. okay. Well, we'll uh, gladly move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we've got to ask next, next as well, of course, is uh, you were the guy who wore sunglasses, the sunglass wanker in classes all day, every day. Um, it was Learning a, so much. Is that <laughs> it's a quiet time in my life. We don't go back there. So high, high school for you, obviously, was, was a rough experience. Does that play a part in songs that you're going to write in the future? Like a band called Introvert, it's someone who keeps themselves. Was that sort of your life growing up through high school and things like that? Well, look, like when I was in year seven, like, I picked up an instrument. I used to play bass. Yeah. And I picked up an instrument and um, we started a year seven band, pretty much just doing smoke on the water we we upgrade and did holy diver mr snedden sung so mr snedden sung that at our merit assembly i think he was a bit it was a bit pitchy thanks mrs <laughs> now that you've become an established musician can you go back on all the people who used to say to you oh you're not going to make it or you should probably do something else and have a backup plan like mrs snedden who's a teacher and not a musician <laughs> <laughs> nah man he's banned he's banned ilium i still listen to ilium no good um basically you know, um. Yeah, essentially we can go back on all those school reports and just erase, Stephen has a short attention span. And, well, not erase it, but just add, and this will add to his career. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like, I never I never had the confidence to sing in front of anyone up until year 12. So, like, I was always that quiet kind of kid, like, no one heard me sung until I accidentally sung while I was doing some um, quick math. 
at um in in class and was like well, you can two plus two is four minus one is three quick math guys ten guys <laughs> every ten men's on the block <laughs> all right so back on track again um 2018 are we going to see an album how long until we finally get to see this from you guys it's been years we've been waiting for it well when we see it you'll see it yeah. it's so hard to write without like like tour schedule and stuff you know like and that's been the biggest struggle we've had actually trying to because like we've just been thrust into this world last year like we went from playing local shows to doing four australia-wide tours like oh last year i said bloody changing in 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 the past in the (laughs) past yeah sorry 2016 to 17 yeah and so like um that's been the hardest thing, but obviously we're just going to knuckle down, get it for you, because we have a bit more, like, easier to be able to do stuff now. So, um, yeah, and we definitely want to give you something as soon as we can. Yeah, it's definitely really busy last year with touring. So now that we don't really have... Oh, we've got stuff planned, yeah. but there's a bit of time. And we'll be, we're a bit more uh, equipped now. We've, we've yeah, done it yeah, before, you know, so, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you don't have those uh, pre-tour nerves of getting on stage and going, shit, we need to try and perform so these people want to come back again and again, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Especially when the crowds are so good. We had a guy today, um, like two guys at the front. One dude that was in, um, had a beard. Yeah, from Tasmania. They came to this festival from Tasmania. They live there. So, like, I know that humbled me heaps. But um, just, like, mad energy, you know, like, and it's just so positive. And I forget my point, but um, that was great. That was great. Was yeah. Great. <laughs> I had it at the start, and then, yeah. Then well, I'm no, just I guess what, to wrap up what you're saying, it's it's been a big couple of years of hard working. That hard work is paying off. People are resonating with your songs, and we are, that's what I mean. We're keen to see you guys do more because we've got a small taste, but we want to see what Introvert can really fucking do. So enough of this interview. Finish Unify. Do your big tours that you got coming up, and then get a fucking album out because we want to promote the shit out of it and hear it every single fucking day. Oh, legend! Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Time. See you later, Mr. Snedden.
it's Brian Josh from Dear Seattle. And this is Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Unsettled, unfazed today by the things I hear you saying. A bottle broken, so soft spoken. When you can't keep drinking, but you won't go home. Cause you know what's coming up if you're sitting drunk at home alone. We're all so helpless when we're on our own So on and on and on we go Fuck this Unify 2018 with Josh and Bray from DS Seattle. Boys, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank extremely you. Extremely well. Excellent. You should be extremely well because I just caught the last of your set, The Meadows. Holy fucking shit, that went nuts. The crowd everywhere I could see was screaming along. How is that for you guys playing at a festival setting like Unify to be on stage and see everyone throwing their fingers up and fucking just singing along? It's fantastic. Hectic. Yeah. More Absolutely. Of, more hectic. of that. Keep doing yeah. that. I yeah, yeah. Keep you. doing it. Thank you. <laughs> I first came across you guys at Big Sound and have to say, like, the, the great thing I saw about that was there were a lot of the upcoming punk grunge fans who came along to see you guys. Violent Soho were there. Next minute you guys joined uh, Domestic Lala Records, which is run by James Tidswell. Was that all because of Big Sound or had that been in the works beforehand? Uh, yeah, it was in the works a bit before. Like, we had been chatting to him and he basically just hit us up like as a fan like yeah. sent an email through and was like love the EP love your music like it's fucking sick like yeah. I don't I don't even know if he really like had plans to do anything from there but I know he has like the seven inch like subscription club that he started so um, I think he originally wanted us for that and then so the more we chatted about it and everything and like plans for the future he was like 
fuck it, let's just like fast track the label side of things yeah. and like let's just do this proper, like do it for real. And so, yeah, Big Sound was like first time he'd seen us actually live. And I, re- I remember looking over, like the rest of the Soho boys were towards the back. He's jumping in the fucking watch with everyone jumping around. Having him, would you dare say call him a boss? Is that the right way to say it? Uh, like, can you be friends with your boss? I don't know. You, you can as long as it's not on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, he doesn't have Facebook, so All perfect. Right, well, that's yeah. good then. Probably not like boss, I'd say like mentor, guide, yeah, okay. more, yeah, more yeah. type scenario, so yeah. Having someone like that uh, in front of you, is it intimidating at all? Or do you look at him as like, you know, another bandmate or a, a best mate you've got? Well, literally, yeah, he's like a best mate kind of thing. Like the first time I met him, or like we all went and like had beers with him um, at the Lord Gladstone in Sydney. And um, we'd never met him before, but this was just after these chats we'd had. He's like, let's have a beer, let's hang out, blah, blah. So I was heaps nervous because I was like, I fucking love their band so much. I was like, like such a big part of like all of our influences and so we were just like kind of losing our shit being like okay I'm just about to have like beers with him to chat about like how much he likes my band like what the hell and then so um, like as soon as I saw him like I I was a bit nervous but instantly it was just like big hug like grabbed a beer and it was just like you could just tell it was like this dude's a mate like there was all of it was gone like there was no business side like he it was like chatting to like any of the guys kind of thing so and so with uh the team from domestic lala do they give you control over to what you want to do or because you hear stories about bands wanting to get signed they get signed to a label and then all of a sudden they have to change their music up to fit what that label wants to do is it similar to that or are you guys pretty much doing whatever the fuck you want to do and whoever gets in the way gets trampled yeah i i think like james was actually scared to like get too involved or like to tell us what to do because he like his entire sort of um method that he lives by is just like you know you guys have to do exactly what you want to do like don't let me tell you how you should how you should do it like yeah it's all about like just being genuine in everything you do just like honestly exactly who we are as people that's exactly what goes into the band so he's like if i come in and start trying to like you know put the pieces together how i think it should go it's not us anymore like it's got to be genuine like the integrity is like the biggest thing that he focuses on which is perfect for us and that's good to have because the last thing you want is for someone to come in and they have a different vision to what you guys want to do as a band and then all of a sudden you change up and you're not uh you're not yourselves anymore you're someone completely different doing britney spears pop covers essentially it's like it's like it needs more like drops in this section (laughs) need more dive bombs (laughs) give the people what they want but they're like no do what we want to do and seeing the bands you've played along with at Unify this weekend, a lot of those bands do have those drops, those heavy breakdowns, things like that. Yeah. You guys fit in perfectly with the upcoming punk rock scene. I would dare class you guys in the same category as Violent Soho, as a Smith Street band, but what are you guys doing to make your sound different or unique compared to these bands who are already established with that sound behind them? I think, like, we just don't even think about it. Like, it's the kind of thing where... We're not really actively doing anything to differentiate ourselves, but not doing anything actively to assimilate ourselves. Like, it's literally just like, we just want to write the best music that we possibly can and just do what we love the most. And like, if it, a few songs turn out to be similar, then like, so be it. That's that's what we love. Like that, we love it because it's a song we've created. But at the same time, there'll be so much that we do that's extremely different. Like, like James has even said himself so many times, he's like, I literally like don't even compare you to Soho like stylistically he's yeah, like I yeah. I just don't hear it kind of thing but yeah. like obviously same vein but yeah so I don't know I feel like it's a pretty subjective thing it's already been a big year for you guys in 2017 so far going into 2018 what can we expect a few more tours more festivals like this that kind of thing 
Uh, we've got like the Hills Are Alive coming up, which is like ju- just nearby um, Hyperfest over in WA. And the good thing I've got to say as well is you're appealing to the Perth audience because Perth has some great bands coming out oh, of there. Hundred percent. Carnival, make themselves just to name a few. Yeah, Tideline. Yeah, well. t- yeah. Oh, Tideline. Fuck, we could sit here all day, go back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the Perth fans, from what we found with articles we've put up, they've said that since a lot of bands are lacking in their tours, going to Adelaide, going to Perth, they're missing out. But for you, is it important for you to make sure you always get over there and go to regional shows, things like that? Well, like we just did the like came off the Kingswood National Tour, and like that took us over there for the first time, and like it was a far better response than we were expecting, and so. Like WA, it is very far away and it's very expensive to do. So like we want to do it when it's right. Um, but like we love those kinds of places. Like Tassie, for example. Like we're going down for a party in the paddock at, like later on this year as well. But we've been down a couple times last year, and literally you can just see like from show to show like the crowds just grow and people are just so thankful that you're coming down to this place because no one get like the bands don't go there. So like. Like, we had countless amounts of chats with people just being like, thank you for coming, like, twice in one year. Like, they were so grateful. And so it, it's such a good energy to have as a live band because you're playing and you can just see these kids are like, yes, like, I'm here. Like, I'm finally getting to see this band that I like. It's like, oh, it's so good. Like, yeah, we love doing it. So we want to play at as many places as we can, obviously. Like, that's the thing. So if it's possible, then, yeah. <laughs> Get there as yeah. much as possible. And, like, one of the things I remember from working in a regional uh, radio market is it's hard to get people along to go to the shows unless you sort of have to drill it into their heads in certain places. But for you, when you're going to play these shows and you're seeing a big group of people rock up, that obviously says something about you, that you guys are doing the right thing, that you're resonating with so many fans all around the country, especially in little country towns like that. So, look, take my hat off to you if I had a hat. Boys, <laughs> I wish you all the very best. There, there we go. Hey, yeah. Take my hat off to you guys. Thank you. And I uh, wish you guys all the very best. This isn't the last we're going to hear of DC Seattle. It is going to be a huge year for you guys. All the best. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, man. It feels so vain for me to say when you're trying to find the answer and pushing me away. But I know there's a part of you that's begging, that's begging me to stay. You tell me it's hopeless and that's okay. When have we ever been known to be the hopeful anyway? Maybe I'm too sad in my ways. I'm wasting time in Job and you're wasting money 
It's David from Belhaven, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Unify 2018 World of Sound up against the wall. David from Bellhaven is here. Hey, how you going, man? Mate, how are you? First of all, uh, if you haven't had the chance to see any photos or footage, check out wallofsoundau.com. But, mate, you turned into a fucking monster on stage, <laughs> mate. Veins popping, aggression, and then you rock up today in glasses looking like the nerdy kid from school. <laughs> I am the nerdy kid from school. You're, who obviously got bullied a bit too much, and now he's fighting back at everyone. <laughs> That's funny. No, th- uh, thank you. No, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, it's just nice to sort of like let it out a little bit on stage. This was definitely like a well-needed one for me. Um, been having a bit of a rough time, so it's nice to like get up on stage and and uh, sort of let it out. As yeah. good, as is really. It's special. Yeah. Look, I want to talk about you going through a rough time in a second. We'll get to that soon. But uh, the last one we caught up was Big Sound. How yeah. has life changed for you since appearing in Brisbane and having all these people, executives and music industry people come and check you guys out? <laughs> it's been really cool. It's definitely reinforced a lot of a, a, a strong sense of confidence in us about 2018, particularly at Big Sound, yeah. Uh, meeting a lot of really cool people there and seeing the sort of interest that's been generating around Bellhaven is, yeah. is really like eye-opening and still very surprising and very humbling as well it's awesome uh we're just really excited about this year yeah really driven and excited so a very big year for 2017 2018 you've already started teasing new music on the way <laughs> how are we looking at that have you hit the studio or is it just writing early stages that kind of thing <laughs> it's uh we're writing at the moment it's uh yeah we're feeling really 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 good about it yeah, yeah really like over the moon about how everything's going it's still yeah it's, st- it's still I think it's always going to kind of feel like early stages until it's yeah, done until it's but because we're just constantly like how do we make this better yeah um, so yeah I guess yeah I want to say it's still early stages I guess have you got a lyric we asked a bit of a monument uh, as well if they've got any uh, lyrics they can give us is it one sentence you can give us a sneak peek <laughs> no no way man I am the Hulk no. I am David <laughs> if you get that into a song mate I'll give you 500 bucks <laughs> Not even joking. I am the Hulk. I am David. <laughs> I am the Hulk. Try and fit it into a melody. Do it. All right. Uh, now, let's talk about yourself as well. Uh, you're very open on social media within the band, dealing with your own mental health and issues like anxiety, depression, things like that. For yourself, being a band who's you know on stage or on show for the world to see, how important is it for you to open up yourself and show your insecurities to fans and the world listening to your music? Sometimes um, I kind of feel like I'm doing the wrong thing because um, I just like I kind of freak out about it because um, it, it was something the whole band spoke about when we started it was sort of like getting towards the end of writing you mean everything in between and starting to gear up for release uh, we were talking about our openness with you know mental health and how important that is and that we should be more open and because YMAB is so uh, like locked in with my experiences and like uh, you know my experiences with depression and anxiety and, yeah. and what have you um, I, I in particular should be particularly or not should be but if I were to be more open with everything that it may be beneficial for people and um, it has it's been really special really it's been like a really special thing having people message me and contact me and tell me that me being open about what I'm going through makes them more comfortable in their experiences so when I yeah I started having a real bad time a little while ago I'm really thankful for the band and my family and like my girlfriend as well for like uh, being so supportive and stuff but I thought yeah maybe I should be open about what I'm going through because I kind of went a little bit AWOL a little bit on the internet as well yeah yeah um and it's a scary thing but I think it's good it just opens up a, a line of communication and like being able to talk to other people about what they're going through like it's I've experienced it I've, I've scrolled through my Facebook and seen like someone post about their experience with mental health or um or you know a, another person's experience like anonymously or what have you and it 
then we start up a communication and talk about it. And it's like, it's comforting. It's nice. Yeah. Um, it's good to know that you're not struggling. You're not going through this alone. Exactly. There are other people yeah. going through. It might not be the exact same situation, but it's somewhat similar in the way that it makes you feel, the way that you try and push through those emotions and come out the other side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think what you're doing with your music, the way you're expressing that through there and being so honest, it puts you, it puts a spotlight on you and the band to say, hey, these guys are open with everything that's going on. Don't take them for granted because, you know, just because you're not famous and you're not in the band, you're, you're no different to anyone else like yourself who's on this stage in a public profile yeah exactly well yeah we're all just the same we're all like every there's something we've been discussing a lot of this festival is like everybody here there are thousands of people at this festival and they all have like their life is so important and yeah. like they have such a detailed and confusing and you know intricate life that we all just sort of think is just us we're all just like yeah my life is so complicated but we all sort of go through like you know everybody goes through something different correct yeah but like everybody's life feels so detailed and, and you know important to them and it's really important to be aware of that I think um, and communicating about mental health and what have you yeah. sort of bring, sheds light on that I think yeah. that especially over the past let's say five or six years or so just a rough estimate people have become more self aware of the fact that uh, having a mental illness like depression anxiety whatever it might be and you know being more open to talk about it as opposed to hiding it behind the scenes it's becoming a natural thing for people to reach out and, and ask for help and guys uh, especially you know it's always been something to you know you have this stigma of you know, a guy can't talk about their feelings you've got to be strong and positive and work through it that kind of thing but the amount of people blokes especially who are reaching out now and saying look I need a bit of help I'm not doing too well whether it's caused by musicians whether it's caused by TV influences by personalities whatever it might be the more talk we have of that the better the world will be yeah I think I agree I entirely agree yeah. well it's good awesome. to see the way that things are changing yourself being a front runner to help it I'm glad you're fucking you know doing your absolute best to make a stance and do what you're doing are you okay now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a bit better, yeah. Like I said, yeah, real thankful for, like, family and stuff. Always need to ask that question. Reach out to your friends, your family, whoever it might be. If there's someone you work with you haven't spoken to, just flick them a message. Hey, buddy, all good. Uh, David from Bellhaven, 2018 going to be a big year for you guys. We can't wait to see what you're doing. All the best with it. Thank you so much. You're the best. <laughs>
What's up, guys? It's Jesse from Stick to Your Guns, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. from Unify 2018. Jesse from Stick to Your Guns is here. Welcome, buddy. Thank you for having me. Let's start with you guys firstly getting here. Have you had the chance to go out and enjoy the festivities or are you stuck doing these shitty interviews? <laughs> uh, both. Yeah, I, I went on stage and watched, uh, I don't remember, Rome. Rome was playing. Yeah, Rome yeah. was playing. Um, uh, and then I wanted to see Being as an Ocean, being as how we're on tour with yeah. them, but they are playing currently as we're doing this. So, sorry, so thanks a lot. I'm ruining it for you. I'm so fucking sorry with that. Um, festival experiences are so different all over the world. I mean, obviously the Australian ones take place in somewhere where it's boiling in 40 degrees and all that. For someone who wants to go overseas and experience an international festival, as yourself who's played a whole shitload of them, what would you recommend or where would you say you need to start? Uh, I think it depends on the kind of music you like. Uh, if it's for this kind of music, um, 
like alternative music or, or, or whatever you want to call it. Germany is about is the that's that's ground zero. That's yeah, a mecca. the Bay Olendo. It's I don't know what it is there. I don't know it's the the infrastructure that they have to be able to support hardcore metal music is just it's second to none it's it's perfect and i think that because it's not it's not looked at as an alternative music form there uh it's 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 looked at as this it's a it's a it's this music style that's taken seriously yeah so it's part of the norm essentially to go yeah. over there and do a festival it's not you're playing a metal festival it's you're playing a festival right exactly yeah. um well there's definitely still metal festivals but it, you can also see metal bands on other festivals like we've played festivals yeah. with like DJs and shit over there oh really okay, and it goes yeah. and it goes over great so yeah. yeah Europe in general is fantastic but but Germany is just I can, right. I can guarantee everyone the world that no country on earth loves hardcore metal music the way that Germany does right so book your tickets get over there as soon as you can <laughs> uh, after Unify so for you guys going around Australia I mean you come you've come here so many times now do you have a routine of what you do when you first get off the plane besides going to check in and all that uh, we didn't even check in first we got off the plane and went straight to Smith and Deli uh, which is a uh, vegan deli in uh, or Smith and Daughter which is the restaurant and then Smith and Deli is their deli that they opened um, and yeah that's that's the so that's, that's the first it. place we 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 that's, we before we went to the hotel, we went straight there, and I've gone. I've, you know, we've been here for about 24 hours now, and I've been three times already. So. Oh, excellent! Yeah. So that, that's pretty much you got sponsorship right there. Every exactly. time you come down. Exactly. All right. So you put out the album just recently, True View. So for those who haven't had the chance to jump on the bandwagon yet, and I'm going to be an absolute dickhead here and say I'm that guy. No, no problem. What the fuck am I missing out on? Because <laughs> I'm one of these people who hears so much about stick to your guns, but I just haven't had the chance to jump into your world yet. And you know what? I'm starting to understand. I think that we have a lot of people that are like that that yeah. that go like you know what i would i probably would like this band but um i don't know if it's that people are intimidated by the fact that we've already put out six records and they don't yeah. want to do the uh research on like oh god i gotta listen to all the records and catch myself up yeah yeah i think that can be intimidating to people sometimes because i'm that way with tv shows yeah oh yeah it's exactly. like I, it's like man i know i'm gonna love this show and i keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off um but I think with, with, with our band, um, I don't know. I couldn't really tell you what you're missing out on, yeah. uh, especially with Trueview. I would say it's we're kind of we're known for being a bit of a socially and politically outspoken band yep. uh, that leans a bit more left um, than right. But we try to maintain a, a down-the-middle discourse uh, because politically, both sides, in my view personally, and that might even be different from different views of the people yeah, exactly. in the band. Yep, yep. From my personal view, both sides are bullshit. Yep. And I, I believe that in the political systems that we have in place in the Western world uh, aren't uh, uh, are not sustainable for any sort of um, modern discussion. Yep. And I, th I believe that they should be changed, but a lot of people say that that's impossible. Yep. Um, but there are obviously tons of examples where to, that prove to be the contrary but for this new record it's a lot more personal because I, I had a real hard time the last two years of my life were really a turning point for me yeah. um, and so I, I spoke a lot about that and so on the new record it's a lot more uh, introspective than it is um, kind of like sharing knowledge of political it, views and things like that true, essentially true, yeah. yeah so when you are obviously sharing so much of your personal life like that obviously demon struggles and uh, you know all the issues that you have inside do you ever have a cutoff point where you go this is probably going a bit too far revealing so much about my life or? fantastic question and the answer is absolutely uh where i cut that off 
there are certain songs on this record uh, where I say things in the song or the title of the song is so specific that only the one person that I'm writing oh, about will know that yeah, okay. it's about them. Yeah. And so that's where I go, okay, this is a conversation between you and I. Because I have a really hard time with, I, I, I think a lot of people are like this, the first reaction that you have to something is almost always wrong because yep. it's going to be an emotional reaction and emotional reactions a lot of the time are, are exactly that yep. emotional and uh so what i love about writing songs is i have a chance to think about a certain situation and i think on it and i say okay how does this make me feel this is how it makes me feel and then i title it something very specific to that yep. person because i have a hard time with communicating sometimes with people one-on-one -on -one, especially yes. people who are very important to me I don't I don't I stumble over my words and, and I don't I don't really portray the things that I want to say in the correct manner so with my songs I'm able to do that in a way that's like this is how I feel you know? so essentially you're in a situation I don't want to compare myself to someone like yourself but you have to have everything written down the certain way it has to be done because if someone comes and approaches you and says what's your issue with me you can't sit there and get all the information up because there's so much going on that it needs to be written down and put in place essentially yes. yeah excellent so there you go it's it's such a great feeling or a great way to be able to do something like that and then have a whole stack of fans come on board and go you know Jesse's going through shit that I'm going through and that's such a great way that you can relate to these fans through your music and it's an, it's incredible, really, because a lot of the things that that have happened to me over the last two years seemed so specific to just me. And it, you, you know, when we go when we're when we're going through these things, it seems like it's only happening to you. Yeah. Because you're you, you put on these blinders that nothing else really matters because yeah. you're just dealing with the situation. So I was able to write these songs and release them, and the amount of people that were able to relate, yeah. um, that was huge for me. You know, and just to be like, oh, fuck, all right, you know, someone knows. Exactly. Even if it's one person, that right. kind of situation, you're singing out to a crowd about something that might not be appealing to 50,000 people. Right. If there's one person singing along at the top of their lungs, right. you've made that connection with them and you still feel good about that. Right, right. I mean, yeah, that sounds, you know, uh, I mean, that sounds very overly sentimental and, and that's that's who I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, uh, you know, if, if, it's, if it's connecting with somebody, that's, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do, I guess, right? Well, look, performances that you've had before where you jump on stage in front of everyone, there's one incident I want to talk about specifically, which was what happened with the beef between you and Gwar where they cut your head off? <laughs> um, that was, I was on stage. Jamie from Hatebreed uh, had something happen and he had to go, uh, it was on Warp Tour, yeah. and they, he had to leave. Uh, the tour and uh, Hatebreed being the uh, amazing band that they are, they, 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 they don't use that as an opportunity to not play. They go, yeah. fuck that, we're Hatebreed, we're playing. And so they approached me, they approached Josh, uh, Frankie from uh, Immure, and uh, Vincent from Acacia Strain. They said, yeah. pick three songs and you're going to sing them. Awesome. And I was okay. like, fuck yes. <laughs> this is Hatebreed. This is the... This is, this is the pinnacle of everything for me. One of the reasons why you got into music, exactly. essentially. Oh my God. Uh, so I picked my songs and um, uh, Bone, Bone Snapper, I think his name was, from Guar. He was like, all right, so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna come out on stage and I'm gonna slit your throat with this <laughs> sword and then you're gonna die and then I'm gonna pick up the mic and uh, sing the rest of the song. And it was a huge honor for me. Mate, that was incredible. You actually got killed on stage and yeah. fucking fans went and lost their shit ballistically yeah. and no one like got upset. For yourself jumping into the shoes for Hatebreed like that, is this one of those moments where you're like, I can't fuck up because the band's relying on me, the fans are relying on me, or do you just get in there and go, it's just like heavy metal karaoke? I mean, that's what it... I put the pressure on myself. I definitely fucked up. Um, 
Especially they play so much faster live than they do on, on the record. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm trying to keep up. And, <laughs> so I blew it, but it was just the whole thing was hardcore karaoke and it was just a fun yeah. event. So Well, look, Vans Warped Tour in America is coming to an end soon. For yourself, having played it as well, what's some memories that come to mind that make you realize that this is, was a, a fundamental aspect of the heavy metal music industry in America? Um, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. it Warped Tour wasn't my, my, really my favorite thing. Um, we've done it. We did it in 2008 for two weeks. Um, and then we did it again this uh, 2013. And then we did it last year. I think that's 17, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And I, I think it's a cool event. And I think that uh, Kevin Lyman, especially with the decrease of just live events, uh, you know, uh, you know, being less attended now more than ever, um, he kind of was met with all these challenges. And I think that he rose to the occasion and, and, and did some pretty unique things to try to yeah. bring, bring people out. And, um, you know, uh, ultimately, you know, I think it was just time for him to be like you know i had a great legacy with this thing and, yeah and i'm gonna give it one more shot and then call it and i think he's doing the right thing as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to continuing it and allowing it to to go down yeah exactly you know I mean? yeah so i think he's doing the right thing but um it wasn't my kind of my, my kind of situations i i feel like on that festival is and you get this on 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 almost all festivals you get yeah, yeah. people who self-important people and you get I, I don't know. It just kind of, for me, a lot of times it, it came, it, it can come off as stale and not that that's anyone else's, that's not that, that it's anyone's fault, but it yeah, just, yeah. I don't know, uh, too hot also. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and just it's, not it's, ideal for me. It's essentially a couple of months, isn't it, across every single state of America. Exactly. Yeah. So you can only do so much. There's stories that come in and out and all that. One of these situations are better to, you know, finish the legacy of what was as opposed to, like you're saying, running into the ground and going, oh, I can't believe I did Vans World Tour. Right. It turned into that, this and that. Right. But look, you've got a great legacy behind you. You've got a big show ahead of you today. Australian fans all over the country cannot wait to see you. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to go have a mosh and fucking finally see what you guys are about. You're an absolute legend. Thank you very much for the time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. I found a place to belong. So I went all in. I walked right in the mouth of it. And never looked back again. The only thing that remains. Through the loss and the pain. As for me, there was no other choice.
Affliction, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
my wall of sound up against the wall with Joel Birch from the Amity Affliction. Mate, welcome. Finally playing uh, Unify this weekend, a 15-year anniversary set. Is that one of those moments that makes you realise, fuck, I'm old? Yes, 100%. <laughs> but I, I'm having them more and more for less and less reasons, so, you know. You've achieved so much with the band over the years. We'll take a look at that uh, in a second. But first of all, you had a big achievement recently when you became a father. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Nearly two years. How have you adapted to uh, becoming a father and going on the road, getting away from your family for so long? Uh, I don't think I've adapted. No? It's Yeah, it's pretty shit. Um, but, I mean... What do you do? I think I think that as an average, I would probably see him the same amount as any other working father. Um, yeah. Just that I get to do it in big chunks, yeah. which is a blessing and a curse, you know, because I get to see him for a lot, but then I also don't see him for ages, yeah. and, and it's pretty tough. But it's sort of I, I was speaking to Crafter about it today, and I think it will get a bit easier as he gets yeah, older exactly, and can yeah. communicate better because in the first couple of years you just need to make sure you're there for the milestones and, and yes. you know the walking the talking the first yes. step the first yep. words and all that yeah so when it comes to you obviously working on your material and things like that how do you know when to differentiate from family time and being locked away in a room writing and things like that well i only write either late at night or on the road right just depending on how I'm feeling. I don't really write when I'm happy. I mean, when I'm hanging out with Bowie, I'm not exactly in uh, in, in lyric writing mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more in like, wow, look at this, <laughs> look at this little fucker. <laughs> so essentially, if you do that, could there be a pop album in the making if you go down that path? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, so over the years, you've covered so many different topics, uh, whether it be depression, partying, lifestyles like that, alienation. Is there any topic that you haven't had the chance to touch on yet that you wouldn't mind dabbling in? Not not with Amity, I don't think so, no. It's a different vehicle, you know, and it's it's the the outlet for myself for my depression and anxiety and everything like that. So I can't unless there's a crazy catalyst, I can't see why I would try and alter the way I write. Yeah, okay. Um and you know, I I also feel like the music's been such a help for so many people that it's at this point it would almost be turning my back on them just to ignore how I'm feeling to write about something topical so I just I I'm not going to change how I write I've written this way for you know the whole time I've been in the band um and unless something drastic happens and I become cured of depression then I can't see myself writing about anything else because it's it's the only catharsis for me and it's got you essentially to where you are now and also you've become in a way a role model for the people who are going through the same kind of similar situations you know you've had people who reach out to you everyone who gets involved to try and send you stuff and say how they're feeling you've now made it your obligation to get them to seek out help as opposed to just getting in touch with a band member or someone who they relate to I guess you could say Yes, absolutely. And something I've noticed happening just in the last year is actually people uh, reaching out positively as well and just saying, hey, like this this got me through a good time, like a hard time in my life. And, and hey, like thank you, like hope you're having a great day and things like that. So it's good to see that it's having a positive effect and in turn it has a positive effect on me. And so I think I would be a fool to just 
toss that away yeah, to, yeah. to tell people how I already tell people I feel on Twitter. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's evident enough. I mean, whether it be, you know, posts on social media, in your songs, like yeah. everything that you do, it's all a way of you giving back to uh, the fans who have helped you out, but also your way of expressing what's going on in your yeah. life. All right, so 15 years of being with the Amity Affliction, you've come so far from playing to, you know, 20 or 30 people at Thriller in Brisbane, soccer clubs on the Gold Coast, to now selling out some of the biggest stadiums in Australia, travelling the world. What's left for you guys to do? What do you want to do to cross off that bucket list? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, just keep it going. It's, you know, at this point, I don't know anything else. So <laughs> <laughs> just really have to, um, just really focused on, on keeping it going as a career. And I, I guess the, the big goal is making our next record really count. Um, you know, so far it's, it's remarkably different to anything we've ever done, which yeah. I haven't been able to say before. So yeah. it's not the usual, oh, the heavy parts are heavier and the, the pop parts are poppier. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. it's a real sort of, it's a new direction. It's not, it's not too crazy, but it's definitely not anything we've ever done before. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. See, I wanted to ask a question because you, I look at someone like Caleb Shomo from Beartooth, who yeah. literally sits himself in a room, beats himself up until he can come up with certain songs and things like that. When it comes to you writing an album, does it come from a time when you're going through all that stuff, or do you put yourself into a situation like him to write? Oh, no, I would never put myself... That's crazy. That's masochism. I would never, ever put myself in, in the situation willingly that I that I get into it's not a good time I don't yeah. know why anyone would do that uh, Caleb is an extremist so, so I, what works I for that. some people won't work for other people yeah it's a different you know every artist is different and um, we all have our problems and and ways to deal with them and, yeah and so each to their own but there is no fucking way I would yeah. I would put myself mentally how I, how I yeah it's strenuous and I don't I don't enjoy it and uh, I write a song and it sort of helps me to get it out you know um, but fuck fuck going there on purpose no well um, talking about the 15 year anniversary show tonight is this going to become a tour for the band or is this just essentially one Hell big no. party no? no 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 this is it well we look forward to seeing what you're doing mate you've done so much in such a short amount of time we can't wait to see what happens with the new album moving thank you forward. very much and well done with fatherhood right. cheers man Oh, I feel 
Hi, this is Sam. And Dan. And we're in the band Architects, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. Back at Unify 2018 with two of the biggest heavy metal superstars in the world right now. Oh, hell. Wow, that's an intro. That's a great intro. Well, more than happy to stroke your ego and get that sorted. <laughs> the boys from Architects, welcome back. Thank you very much. Hello. Dan Sam, we've turned the weather on. It's an absolute scorching day out there, full of rain and shit house. Just like being at home? 
Uh, it's actually uh, very similar right now. Yeah, the UK has not been uh, it's not been very kind to us this winter. I don't know if it gets this cold in winter in summer in England. No, I th- no yeah. <laughs> it rains. Yeah, but it's what it's actually cold. Yeah. This is very similar, very white, very similar to, to how it is. You've got the grim grey overcasting down to yeah. a T. Yeah. Uh, guys, I wanted to talk about the fact that you have had such an epic couple of years so far. Uh, all Our Gods That Have Abandoned Us, one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh. And obviously the story Thank behind you. it with the passing of Tom. Um, I wanted to find out from you guys as well because... You get on stage, you play these shows, you have so much emotion. I mean, when you were here in 2016, it was one of the most heartfelt performances I've ever had the chance to see. I mean, when you played in Brisbane, I looked around the crowd and there were just people tearing up, jaws on the ground. It was such an amazing thing to witness. Does it get easier for you guys since time has passed on, getting on stage and playing these songs from that time in your life? I think it's, it's different day to day. Sometimes... I don't know if it's ever necessarily easy, especially playing uh, certain songs in the set hit you more and, and memories from that town or, or wherever you are. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really strange how like some moments out of nowhere you can have like a, a memory that will punch you in the, in the heart. Sometimes it hits all of us yeah. simultaneously and there's nothing spoken. There's no, no reason. We don't know why, but all of us, will, it'll hit us all. And, and, and we really, can't explain why. Yeah. And then other days it, it, it's... We know we're okay, you know. And what's very strange is the days where it, it, it does hit all of you. It's just it'll be it's rough. You just come off stage and, and no one needs to say anything. Yeah, it's just like, it's just yeah. all five of us are yeah. just. But that 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 those Australian shows it was so raw then. Yeah. That that was it, it's not been for me at least. It's not ever been as hard as it was on those shows. Yeah. It was I mean it was just crazy to be on tour almost, but yeah. we just didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And as you guys said, you wanted to keep the legacy going, hence why you didn't stop. You got out there, you played these songs, and it was, you know, for us as fans, it, it was a great thing to see. So we appreciate and take our hats off for you guys for being able to do that. Thank you. I so, think it helped us, yeah. you know, like, I, I mean... What do you do? Do, do we sit at home and, and, and not do it? Or we yeah. were just like, we've got to let's just go do what we do and be there for each other and, and, and try and... Uh, we were always going to be together through that anyway, but... Yeah. It was either going to be at home or on tour and uh, playing music and doing what what we've known for the last 10 years felt like the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do, for sure. And and it gave us a chance, you know, like playing those songs was emotional and it uh, it was upsetting for us. And you've got to be upset, you know, like you don't want to be. We, ne- we, we never want to be upset, any of us, but we have to be. And, and it kind of, it, it, it brought it out of us. You know, just as a result of playing their songs, yeah. That's exactly one of the one of the say. Like you see bands that get on stage, they play shows, and you're like, that was a great show. But to see you guys on stage and and just getting through and pushing through what you were going through, it proves you're real people, you're humans. Like deep down, you you are people's role models. But that just opened you guys up more for more people to look at you and go, hats off, respect. I feel for those guys. It's yeah. a, it's a unique situation, and like it's the story of what the band's been through is is unusual. Yeah. I would say, and uh, you know, as a byproduct of that, that there's there is this like um, there's a special feeling I think between band and fans, and it, it sort of adds a whole another dimension to the show. Yeah. You know, there's much more of an emotional element than the, than there would be for your average show. For us as as performers, and also for the crowd, you know, who are, have an emotional investment in in the story yeah. of the band as well. So it's 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 
I don't know if it's ever anything like this has ever really happened before. Yeah. You know, in, in a band, obviously musicians die, but uh, I don't know, like what the record was about. You know, Tom working through his own mortality in the songs, and then us carrying those songs through. Yeah, it's just a, it's a very unique situation, but it, it you know, obviously we didn't want it to be this way. And I'm, I'm, you know, it, I, I, I tried to think that I sound like, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's cool because fans are like really into us because yeah. of this. And I, you know, if, if we if we could change, if we we could take it all back, and that never would happen. Obviously, we would do it in a heartbeat. You guys are saying during the writing of the album as well. It's not like we there was there was no like acceptance of like thinking that this was ever going to happen. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, the uh, one thing that me and Dan are very vocal about is during the writing of this record uh, during the writing of the record like Tom was in a it was like some of the happiest times I've seen him you know he was uh, there was no point of like accepting that this was going to happen and it's not a yeah like Dan says it's very it's a very strange situation to to find ourselves in and to be like living this story of this record it's like a it's like a magical thing that Tom's left everyone you know the only thing I can think of is like similar is like Bowie like it's so strange he put that album out as he knew for Fancy's last parting gift yeah Yeah. and uh, and, you know when when Bowie did that record like and then he passed away there was Tom was still alive at that point and I I still thoroughly believed that Tom was going to live but when that happened there was a part of me being like what if that would that could that happen with us could that be a like what if Tom died and you know and it, that, it, yeah, it did end up being like that. But the difference between Bowie doing that and Tom doing it is, the rest of us are still here performing those songs, and David Bowie isn't. And uh, and that makes for such an unusual situation. And it, but it, it's horrible as it is. It's it's special as well. I feel like also, like the fact that that Tom gets spoken about in the same breath as Bowie is, uh, is something that, yeah. that I genuinely feel is, is like warranted. You know, at the Brit Awards, the, uh, which is like a massive, massive thing in, in the UK, which we would never normally be spoken about being anywhere near. They did a thing at the end of the year yeah. for the like music legends that had passed. And uh, it was like David Bowie and, and Tom Searle. And that was like a, Tom I mean, it's a small thing, but for, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. He's, Tom was like the greatest songwriter the, in my opinion, the greatest metal songwriter ever. You know, yeah. the things that, that he would send us that would just almost be like throwaway to him yeah. that you listen back to now and are just like, just blown away by, you know. Look, talking about that as well, what you're saying before about the fan interaction, the, the, the relativity, I guess you could say, and Tom's songwriting. Um, my mother passed away a couple of months after Tom passed away and I found myself listening to All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us and more importantly, uh, Gone With The Wind because it was a situation of she was in hospital deteriorating, there's nothing you could do. And when you listen to that song and, and, and live through that moment, it was it's weird I've never had a situation where you listen to a song and it's exactly what's going on in your life and then I went back through and just listened to that song over and over and over again and it became one of those um, situations in life where that helped me get through and I think music has a beautiful way of being able to help people through things and that album that you guys have left behind and then moving into Doomsday it's just continuing that for people who are struggling and finding a way to get through those experiences in life. I think that's the thing that's uh, that's been so key with, with us talking about what's happened and, and obviously the lyrics that Dan wrote for Doomsday have, have like touched everyone in the band and obviously everyone that knew Tom very well but also I think we 
we've said it today a few times, but it's uh, grief and, and losing someone is something that's so unspoken about and, and uh, feels so alien, but it's almost the most natural thing. Yeah. Everyone is going to lose someone that they love and it's a certainty and it's, yeah. And we have no fucking idea how to deal with yeah. it. Exactly, yeah. And there's certain ways that people can get through it. Like you go through all the stages of grief, anger, yeah. disbelief, everything like that. But I think you guys have, have found a way to encapsulate all those emotions and, and take whoever's going through these um, you know, experiences on a ride to help them through the other side. That, that's what we yeah. wanted, you know. Like, and, I, and I, moving forward... I hope that we can do that more. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it's such a some of the some of the lyrics on Doomsday was I just felt like it just wanted it to be painfully honest. Yeah. You know, and and I, I on the next record there will be songs on there that it's it's hard because there's almost not the right context for it, and I worry about what people will think because some of it is really brutal. Because there's times when you lose someone when you feel like, fuck everything. You know, nothing means anything. I don't care anymore about anything. And then you move through it. But, you know, so, like, there will be songs on there that will will basically echo that sentiment. You know, I, I don't give a fuck about anything. But then, I, because, I, you know, I wanted... I want... when I, I, I After Tom died, I wrote some lyrics straight away because I just felt like I wanted to... I wanted to capture that feeling that moment because I just felt like if other people know that other people are feeling this yeah. it, it might help with them a bit so I yeah this is it's going to be fucking painful and it's going to be like it's going to feel like hell and that's okay and it's normal and you will come out the other side of that you know it does over time it does get easier you know so and I think uh, like from someone that is singing someone else's lyrics and working it's like you do feel this this connection to it I mean, yeah. especially with doomsday doomsday didn't when i was singing it you sing it and you, you get through it and you get the takes you get everything right and then you sit with the song afterwards and you're like oh, you know like i really want for me like the the, uh, the weird thing on all our gods for sam is that he was singing about stuff that none of us can relate to and I think on Doomsday and moving forward you know I really wanted Doomsday to be something that didn't just it wasn't just about me you know it's like Sam went through the same Sam was you know Tom was Sam's brother too you know so like I wanted it to be something that Sam could connect with on a deeper level as well you know I didn't want it to just be directly me 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 this is like something and it wanted to speak to other people and I know what Sam's been through because I know that Sam was was close with Tom, obviously. So it had, you know, I wanted it to be, be help, you know, help yeah. Sam get those get those feelings out. And I think also like with giving the like vocal delivery, if you don't, you're not. I mean, it's like, like the ferocity in that song in the parts where it's really there is is yeah. real, and and when it goes gentle as well, it's real. It's like yeah, it's a beautiful song, and I'm just happy to have been a part, part of it you know? that's honestly the best way to explain it it's a beautiful song it's incredible it was the best song of 2017 hands down and i just want to say well done to you guys for continuing the legacy that you got with tom he'll be absolutely proud you guys are fucking killing it thank you for being legends and all the best for the future thanks, thanks so much, much man, man. I really Cheers, appreciate thank you. it thank you.
cold still burns underneath my skin The water's rising all around me And there is nothing left I can give The boss itself